Hey everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you once again to Toronto City Church. It is so good and such an honor to have you join us, whether you're tuning in from the GTA, somewhere around our nation, or either another country. We are so glad that you are here with us. And I'm excited today to get into another preach and to bring the last installment or the last message of our Trust Fund series. Our core text that we've been working from has been Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And so as a church family, we've been talking this month about trusting God, about growing in trust, about placing our trust in Him even in the middle of the crazy world that we're living in right now. We have been growing in trusting Him. And not just trusting Him in some areas or trusting Him with part of our heart, but trusting Him with all of our heart. Furthermore, we've been building on top of that. We've been talking about trusting God, particularly in the area of our finances. Because as I prayed for this month, I felt like God wanted to speak to us about our finances uh, excuse me, about trusting Him on a broad scale, because you know and I know there's so many areas that we need to trust God. But I felt like there was a particular word and encouragement that He wanted to give us regarding trusting Him in our finances, because that's an area that, that matters in all of our lives. It's an area where the enemy often attacks us with fear and worry. And it definitely is an area where there is a lot of uncertainty in the world that we're in right now. Last week, Pastor Sharon brought a great message on trust, and I'm excited today just to build on top of that and to move forward. So actually, let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you once again for this opportunity we have to connect. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we are growing in trusting you. Thank you that every person in our church family, every person watching this, even after this message today by the power of the Holy Spirit, that our trust in you will have gone to a new place and a new level in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. So trust fun, trust in the Lord with all our heart. Come on, where you are right now, just say, I trust in the Lord. Let's start with looking at a few more verses that speak to us about trust. Isaiah 26 verse three says this, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. See, God is growing us in trust, guys. He's growing us in trust. He's teaching us to keep our minds stayed on him, our minds fixed in him. But this is what's causing us to walk in perfect peace. God is calling us and God is a place of peace for us. Just like Jesus was in the boat in the middle of the storm and he was sleeping on the pillow. He had perfect peace within the storm. Even in the storm right now, even in storms that are going to come, God says you can be in perfect peace when your mind is fixed on me and when you trust in me. Come on, somebody say today, I'm going to get you talking with me. Say, I trust in the Lord. Say, I have perfect peace. Right? The more we're walking in trust, the more it creates this atmosphere for peace. Let's look at Psalm 112, verse 7. And Psalm 112, verse 7 says this, He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. Trust in the Lord. Isn't that good? Let me read that again. Receive that today. Receive it as a rhema word. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. Trust in the Lord. In the name of Jesus, yes, there is a world right now where there's a lot of bad news. There's bad news that we're encountering. All you have to do is turn on the television, flip on the internet, pull up a newspaper. I don't know how many people will pull out an actual newspaper anymore, but if you do, well, that's awesome. More power to you. Whatever way you go, but you can see so much bad news. But the Bible says when we trust in God, it makes our heart firm and we are not afraid of bad news. 
Bad news wants to bring fear. Bad news wants to bring worry. And again, just as we talked about in the first week, we make a decision and we say, I'm not surrendering to worry. I'm not surrendering to fear. I am trusting in Him. When we trust in God, our heart is firm and we are not afraid of bad news. I love Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. I believe this is a prophetic passage in so many levels for this season. And I believe it's a prophetic passage of where God has taken us and what He's going to do. And it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed means to be empowered to prosper, excel, and succeed. But it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. For its leaves remain green. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Do you see how this verse ties so perfectly into all that we're speaking about? And really, truly, it is, I believe, a prophetic word from the Lord of how He wants us to be in this coming season. He has called us, and we see this same picture in Psalm chapter 1. We see it in other passages throughout the Scriptures. We're compared to this tree that is planted, as Psalm 1 says, by the streams of living water. And see, when this tree is planted by the streams of living water, it gets hot, it doesn't fear. Why? Because it's, it's tapped into the living water. If there's a drought, it is not anxious. Why? Because it has a source and supply that it can pull upon from the streams. And in the same way, it's all ties into trusting in Him. As we grow in trusting in Him, picture it like our roots are going deeper and deeper into these streams of living water. Our roots are going into the spirit realm. What we can't see is bringing life to what we can see. And I know right now, in the world around us, there's a lot of things we can see that would cause fear. There's a lot of things we can see that would cause worry, but we are not drawing on that because we're drawing on our roots of the spiritual reality of walking with Him, of the spiritual reality that God is our source and supply. And the name of Jesus, I just want to declare over your life right now, I want to declare over you today that you are blessed because you trust in the Lord. You are a tree planted by water. You send forth your root into the stream. You do not fear when heat comes. Your leaves remain green, and you are not anxious in the year of drought, for you do not cease to bear fruit. I want you to take that. I want you to meditate on that. I want you to declare that over your life, over you personally. And we declare this over our church family. We are trees planted by streams of living water, and we bear fruit. We are not afraid. We are not worrying in the name of Jesus. And so I wanted to take that today, and obviously there's kind of been a, a dual nature to my messages that I've been sharing. I've been talking about trust. But then I've really felt like the Lord said, center in on trust regarding our finances. Because I believe that's an area where the enemy wants to attack many of us, and he's been attacking many of us. That's an area of challenge. And God, and it's such a key area. As I said to you uh, two weeks ago, and we talked about this, it, it, it's, it's, it's important that we learn to trust God in our finances because that's an area for many of us that we're going to have to learn to do it. But also how we handle our finances is an engaging of our faith and it is a demonstration of how we trust in the Lord. And so the Lord is wanting to encourage us in this season, trust me with your finances. And I just want to say that very directly to you, like speaking to you right now, trust God with your finances. Trust God with your career. Trust God with your workplace. Trust God with His provision for your life. Make a decision to trust in Him. Make a decision to trust in Him no matter what. Guys, make that decision today. Listen, we're in a time where there's shaking. 
We're in a time where the systems of our world are up and down. And if we have been putting our trust there, we cannot do that any longer. We've got to learn, even in the days that are coming, to put our trust in God. But there is a place of peace. There is a place of rest. There is a place of just trust and, 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 and just leaning on Him regarding our finances. God is calling us, just as the verse said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. This is such a word for us for our finances in this season. So again, what does it look like to trust God in our finances? Right? What does this actually practically look like? I wanted to make sure, and I actually wanted to share with you, I wanted to get really personal. Because Pastor Sharon and I, in our marriage, in our family, and what we've been, we've made a commitment that we're trusting God in our finances. Now, are we perfect at it? Definitely not. I feel like my wife is better at it many times than I am. But it is a commitment we've made, and it's something we're growing in daily. And I want to share with you, what does that look like for us? Like, how do we walk that out? Because maybe you're listening, you're going, yeah, I want to trust God in my finances. I want to grow and trust in this area, but how do I do it? What does it look like? Let me share with you how we grow in and how we have really just established in our lives trusting the Lord regarding our finances. And I believe that these, these principles will help you if you apply them to your life too. So how do we trust God in our finances? Number one, we prioritize our relationship with God. Now, I know it's nothing technically to do with money and trusting God with our money, but it has everything to do with trust regarding any of it. But we prioritize our relationship with God. Now, let me encourage you this. It's not just because we're pastors. This is not just because we're leaders. If, if I was not a pastor, if God called me into Southern, I would still be prioritizing my relationship with him. Why? Because trust is born out of relationship, right? Trust is not a, a, a formula or a strategy, right? Trust very much is born out of relationship. I trust my wife. Why? Because I know my wife. I have relationship with her. I've journeyed with her. There's real relationship that's there. And so that real relationship really grows and, and, and builds trust. And so really, guys, the, the, I mean, this applies to every area of trust. The stronger my relationship with God is, the stronger my trust is. And the weaker my relationship with God is, the weaker my trust is. Trust is all about relationship. So when we come into our finances, because the danger is sometimes people just want to reduce this to some kind of spiritual formula. No, no, it's about trust. And it's about relationship. And so the stronger my relationship is with God, the more I'm going to trust Him with my finances. Why? Because I'm walking with Him. I know Him. His Word is alive to me. So when He says, I'm going to meet all your needs according to my riches and glory, there's relationship there. That Word comes alive for me. When he's, you know, the Word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. That Word comes alive to me. Why? Because it's not just some distant deity who's saying it, or it's not just some so kind of, oh, that's a nice Bible verse. No, this is God's word to me because I'm in relationship. So if I'm going to trust God in any area of my life, if I want to trust God in my finances, I'm going to start with prioritizing my relationship. And Pastor Sharon and I are both committed to this. We are committed to growing our relationships with God. You know, one of the dangers we have to watch out for, and I know I especially have to watch for as preachers and as you know, pastors and spiritual leaders, is it can be very easy to dive into the word of God and to you know, kind of do spiritual things for all the things I have to do. So it's like studying to preach, studying because I need to create a faith fuel or I need to create a message or, you know, it's easy to get down those road. And, and, and there's a trap there that you, you start your, your spiritual walk is not first and foremost, just about knowing God and loving him and having a relationship with him. But see, when I'm walking in that place of trust, trust in finances is, is a natural flow. 
So number one, we focus on prioritizing relationship with God. How's your relationship with God? Focus on, that's where you start, right? If you're here today and you're just struggling and trusting God in your finances, you're struggling and trusting Him with any area of your life, my encouragement is, is don't just try to trust. Go deeper in relationship, right? Go deeper in relationship with Him and that'll bring you into that place of trust. Number two, not only we prioritize the relationship with God, but the number two, we take God's word, right? Because this is God, we're in relationship, and we, we meditate on his word regarding our finances. Now, Pastor Sharon and I both have been blessed in that we grew up in families where our, our parents really shared with us and exposed us to great teaching on biblical finances. So both of us, in many ways, grew up with it. But even if you didn't grow up with it, you can start right now. But see, what you want to do is you want to be in the word of God regarding your finances, the higher your word level is, the higher your trust level is, right? And now again, it's not a formula. It starts with relationship. But if you don't know anything God's really said, there's no verses you've really owned and meditate on and prayed into regarding your finances. How are you going to trust God regarding your finances? You're not even really uh, aware of what he's saying. But see, if you'll get in the word of God and you'll dive into the scriptures regarding finances, again, there's something powerful about the word of God. It says uh, the, the word of God in Hebrews 4 verse 12, the living, word of God is, uh, is uh, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's able to cut and divide. There's, it's the, another translation verse says there's life. The Word of God is alive. And so trust comes from living relationship and trust comes from in the Word. There's something supernatural about the Word of God. And the more you get in it, the more it gets in you and it just starts to change you. And so we get in the Word of God regarding our finances. If you don't know what God said regarding your finances, how are you going to trust Him regarding it? And many of us have a spiritual, our, our spirit is weak in the area of finances because we never feed on the food of the Word of God. So we're spiritually starved regarding what God says, and then we wonder why we struggle with faith and trust. Right? So, so number one, we, we prioritize the relationship with God. Number two, we meditate on the Word of God regarding our finances. Number three, we guard against the love of money in our lives. This is really important. So again, how do I trust God in my finances? 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says this, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many griefs. Now, something I want to say right off the top with this verse. Have you ever heard someone say money is the root of all evil? Well, that's not biblical. Right? It's not biblical because what it actually says here, this is the verse they pull it from. We've got to make sure we read the scriptures, guys. It says, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, right? There's some real key differences here. It's not money, it's the love of money. And it's not the root of all evil, but it is the root of all kinds of evil. See, God doesn't have a problem with you having money. Here's what he has a problem with. He has a problem with money having you. God does not have a problem with you having money and possessions and wealth, particularly if you are using it to advance his kingdom. But he has a big problem when money and possessions and wealth have such a hold on you. That's why this whole giving and tithing is so important because it helps me stay free from the love of money, right? It's, it helps me stay free, but we guard against the love of money and we guard against it. You know, Matthew 16, 19 to 21, verse 24. This is Jesus talking. He said this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And verse 24 says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. 
He'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, there is so much in this passage, guys, and I'd encourage you, take it, pray into it, meditate on it. But, but it's very interesting because Jesus said, and he said this several times throughout the scriptures, that one of the chief competitors for our devotion, one of the chief distractions, one of the chief things that's going to try and get us to be devoted to it instead of devoted to God is to money. There's actually, there, if you dig a little deeper, I don't have a lot of time to go down this road right now, but the Bible talks about a spirit or a spiritual force of mammon or mammon, which is wealth and money and finances in, in a very wicked way. It's control of that, right? Because money is power, and you can see that in the world around us. And, and, and Satan wants us to worship money. Satan wants us to love money more than we love God. And there is a danger there with it. That's what the Bible says, guard against the love of money. Because if Jesus, Jesus would not have mentioned it unless it was a real challenge for us. So then, what's the question? That, you know, so the question then comes, what's the answer to this? Right? So I say, well, just don't have money. Well, here's the problem. You can have not have any money and still have a love of money. The money or the possessions are not the issue. It's where's your heart at regarding them. And so if I'm going to trust God regarding my finances, one of the things that I do is I really continue. And it's, it's an ongoing thing. You know, it's like one of those spiritual principles. It's like you need to take a shower every day. Right? Or you at least should be taking a shower every day. Someone came in and said, you know, I had a shower three weeks ago. You, you go, whoa, there's a problem here. You need to have a shower often. You know, it says, oh, I had a great shower last year. It was just powerful, right? You know, we're all going, whoa, okay, there's some serious problems here. That's what that smell is. You had a shower last year. Well, there's a lot of things in the kingdom that are like that. We need to be renewed in them daily. We need to be renewed. One of the things we need to guard against is we need to guard against the love of money. And so as we grow in trusting God, it's waging war on the love of money. And remember, you can have a love of money and not have any of it. It's about your heart. And you can actually have a lot and not have a love because your love is for Jesus and you're using money to serve him. Don't use Jesus and Bible principles to try and get money. Use money to serve Jesus and love people. Right? And so this is our, we guard against love of money. So number one, we're just talking again, how, we, how do we trust God in our finances? Number one, we prioritize our relationship with God. Number two, we meditate on the word regarding our finances. Number three, we guard against the love of money in our lives. Number four, real simply, we tithe faithfully. You guys know we've talked about this a lot. Tithing is that biblical principle where you take the first 10% of your increase. I don't do it on the net. I do it on the gross because God gets honored first. I honor God before I pay taxes to the government. I honor God before I take care of anything else. I give to him. And Pastor Sharon and I have committed to this. We are tithers. It doesn't matter what. We make sure we honor God. Yeah, but things are tight right now. We honor God. Well, we could use this money to pay off debt. And then we'd be able to, no, we honor God. Why? Because our trust and our faith is in him. And what happens is when we tithe faithfully, when we are doing this on a regular basis, what we're doing is we are regularly, I mean, for us, it's like every two weeks, we are renewing our trust in him. It is a physical demonstration of a heart and trust in him. And I want to encourage you to embrace this same perspective. Don't just tithe every once in a while. Don't just throw something and tip God. Embrace becoming a tither. Make it part of your identity. This is part of what we do. And when you do it, God has so much promises of what he does. But again, if we're talking about trust, guys, if I say I trust God with my money, but I'm afraid to give any of it to him, do I really trust God with my money? Right? And, and, and then the question becomes this. If I am afraid to trust, like if I... 
when I tithe, guys, it's something spiritual happens, something supernatural happens when I do it in the right spirit. So we tithe faithfully. Not only do we tithe faithfully, but we also give generously. We give generously. Now, I'll be honest. My wife gives even more generously than I do. Sometimes I'm like, really? You want to give that? We need to give more? How much? You want to give how much? You want to spend how much? You know, I, I have my moments. Trust me, I'll be really honest. But usually I, I do ultimately come in line. My captain budget rises up on me every once in a while. I go, wait a minute. But my wife, she's just got, it's one of the things I love about her. She's got this incredibly generous spirit and it rubs off on me all the time. But here's the deal. We love to obey God and give to people. We love to obey God. And you know, oftentimes it's, it's sometimes it's, you know, more public. Other times, it's very much in secret and it's private, just whatever. But we always want to listen to God, whether it's buying a meal for somebody, whether it's buying a shirt for somebody, whether it's just giving finances to somebody, whether it's giving something else. We want to live lives of generosity. Why? Because when we're givers, we are constantly putting ourselves in a place of trusting God, right? Every time I step out, right? Because fear says, if you give, it's a loss. Faith says, I'm giving, trusting God that he's going to come back. So it keeps you in the place of trust. So we tithe faithfully. I want to encourage you to be a tither. Give generously. I want to encourage many of you to start rising up on this level. There are many of us who've embraced being tithers, but after that, we're like, I'm done. What if God starts saying to you, hey, I want you to give even more. Hey, I want you to bless that family down the street. Hey, I want you to start supporting this uh, global worker. Or I want you to start supporting this ministry that's doing this. Yeah, but God, God, what's he always going to say? Trust me. Right? Trust me. Yeah, but God, if I give that, I might not have enough here or this. And God says, trust me. Will we trust him? Trust is always going to be a step of faith. But if you never step out, how will you ever grow in trust? Right? We said trust is relationship. Trust is also via experience. You say, jump and I'll catch you. I'm nervous, but I do it and you catch me. The next time it's going to be a little easier for me to jump. Why? Because you caught me before. And there's something about developing a history of trust with God, but you can never develop a history of trust with God if you never step out. We're in a place where you have to trust him. Let's not just say it, guys. Let's do it. Let's live it. So we're talking about how we trust God in our finances. Let me bring this down, wind this down, land this plane. Number six, there's just two more here. We pray regularly about our finances. Now, as interesting as I was preparing this message, I actually was a little convicted that I wanted to start praying even more. But I can tell you individually and corporately, we pray and we bring our finances before God. Why? Because even the fact that we're praying is acknowledging him and it's putting our trust in him, right? Sometimes we get so used to these things, we, we don't even think about what we're doing. But when I pray and I declare the word of God and I ask him for things and I thank him for things regarding my finances, I'm once again depend, declaring my dependence and my allegiance to trust in him. I'll give you an example. God has given us a promise of a supernatural home here in Toronto. And I don't mind saying that. I've said it before publicly. Now, in the natural, things are kind of crazy right now. It's, it's, it's tough out here on these streets, believing God for a house in Toronto. But God has given us a promise for this, and we are choosing to trust him. And I'm going to continue to choose to trust him. And I'm not just going to get any old kind of house. I'm going to get a house that demonstrates the glory and the greatness of God. Was this the end-all, be-all of my Christianity? No, definitely not. But it is a promise that God's given us, and so I'm not leaving on the table. But here's one of the things I do, I, especially now the weather's nicer. I love to get out and ride my bike around. And there's incredible bike rides you can do in Toronto. I love the trails, but I love riding through these beautiful neighborhoods. And I'll tell you what I do every single time. I'll see a nice house, and I'll just pray in that moment as I'm riding by. Thank you, Lord, for my new house. Thank you, Lord, for the house that you're going to give us. Thank you, Lord, for the house that you're blessed with. What am I doing? Even as I'm 
out my bike ride, riding by a nice house in, 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 in a neighborhood that in the natural I'd never be able to afford, I am placing my trust in him. How often are you praying? How often are you declaring? Let's rise in a spirit of faith in this season, guys. I know in the natural there's a lot of things that we're told will never happen, can't do, it's never going to come through, but God, you can trust him. Put your faith in him regarding your finances in this season. Put your faith in him regarding your children. Put your faith in him regarding your future spouse. Put your faith in him regarding your career. Put your faith in him regarding your protection. Make a decision, a commitment that I'm going to trust in the Lord. And so last but not least, as we bring this to a close, we have made a decision when it comes to trusting God in our finances that we're going to play the long game. So long game, what do you mean by that? Here's what I found, especially with our finances. Trusting God in your finances is not a get-rich-quick scheme. And so often what happens is we start talking about trusting God in our finances and we get this picture that now this means everything's going to be perfect. I'm never going to face any challenges. I'm never going to face some ups and downs. There's never going to be some days I'm not discouraged. But see, when you play the long game, you understand that I'm trusting God in my finances for my life. And so if after three weeks and I've started tithing and giving and praying, I don't see a change, I'm not going to get discouraged and quit. Even after three months, I'm not going to get discouraged and quit. Guys, even after three years, I'm not going to get discouraged and quit. Because I promise you over a three-year span, you'll see God move. But even if you don't quite hit some of the promises yet, I'm talking about three decades. I'm talking about a lifetime of serving God. Because it is worth it. It is worth it to trust God in your life. And so many people sow the right seed, but they get discouraged and they give up before the harvest. There are seeds I've sown that the harvest is going to show up in 10 years. There's other seeds I've sown that the harvest is going to show up in 20 years. I look at some of the, the, the men and women of God, even in our church family, who are nearing the end of their journey, and I see this in their lives. I see it that they've trusted God over the long haul. And see, what happens is in the short term, you have ups and downs. And it'll be high and then low and up and now I'm discouraged and all that stuff. And, and you can feel like, oh, it's up, then it's down. You know, we get very caught up in the day to day. But, you know, if we were just to step back and see a snapshot of our life, what happens is if you just keep trusting, yes, it goes up and down, but it keeps getting higher. And yeah, it's still going down, but it keeps getting higher. And over the long run, over the arc of your life in God, you see his blessing manifest. We have decided to play the long game. And so guys, just in this closing today, regarding our finances, even regarding just our life as a whole, I want to encourage you in this season to trust God. Even if you don't know what's coming over the next couple months or the next year, choose to trust God. Even if there's uncertainty around your finances, choose to trust God. Even if there's uncertainty around your family, choose to trust God. Even if the enemy is assaulting your mind with fear, choose to trust God. Even if those worries that keep trying to pop up and keep trying to leap up in your mind, choose to trust God. Even if there's a battle in your health, choose to trust God. Whatever is coming, whatever is happening, whatever is going, make a decision today that I'm a man, I'm a woman. We are a family. We are a couple that trust in the Lord with all our heart. And please let me remind you again, this is not something that we have to do in our own strength. But trust is something that we are empowered to do by the Holy Spirit. The closer we get to Him, the easier it becomes to trust. And so don't try hard 
Yield more to the Holy Spirit and make a commitment. I want to bring you back to Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. And I just want to speak this verse over you again. I shared it earlier in this message, but I want to come back to it. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its root by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the air of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And one more verse before we pray. Psalm 37, 3-6 from the Passion Translation says this, Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will dwell in the land feasting on His faithfulness. Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and He will give you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust Him along the way, you'll find He pulled it off perfectly. Toronto City Church, as we bring this series, Trust Fund, to a close, I want to encourage you, keep trust in the Lord. Fix your heart on His promises. Find your delight and your pleasure in Him. Feast on His faithfulness. Give Him the right to direct your life. Trust Him along the way. And you will find that He's pulled it off perfectly. Amen? We have a God who loves us. We have a God who's our Father. And if we'll just keep putting our trust in Him, He's going to pull it off perfectly in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, someone where you are right now, just say, I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Amen. God bless. Well, everyone, there's one more thing before we go today that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. We're talking about trusting God. We're talking about trusting with all of our heart. You know, I've been talking to the message today much about trusting God with our finances, but I want to encourage you with something that's even more than your finances. It, it is part of your finances, but it's bigger. It's, it's trusting God with your life. Do you trust God with your life? Have you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ to save you even as your Lord made Him your Lord and your Savior? See, the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love by sin, right? The Bible says that all have sinned. We've all fallen short of God's standard. Because of this, we deserve eternal punishment. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about me. All of us deserved it. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came, he died, and he rose again. He said, if you'll put your faith and trust in me, if you'll turn your back on sin, I will set you free. I'll forgive you. I'll fill you. I'll take you on this amazing journey, and I will give you eternal life. And so if you're watching today and you know you need to give your life to Jesus or you know you need to give your life back to him, I want to encourage you, let's do this right now. Pray this prayer with me from your heart, wherever you are. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my life to you. Forgive me, fill me, free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, here's what I want to encourage you. If you prayed that prayer, God heard you, and God is answering your prayer, and you have been born, and you've been saved right now. Now, I know to some people, they say, no, that's just too easy. Isn't there more I have to do? But the Bible says it's simply this. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you called on his name, you've been saved. But now there's a journey to begin walking out because he wants you to follow him every single day. And so if you prayed this prayer, I want to encourage you, reach out to us. Let us know. There's some information coming up for you right now. Just click on the button. Email us. Uh, talk with the friend who told you about this you know, this, this message, whatever it is, we want to help you follow Christ. And so reach out to us, let us know. We want to touch base, be able to pray with you and support you every way possible. But God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love you. Uh, God bless.